<laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, I am Dan Selke, Winnersburg.net, here with Josh Hill of Fansider.com. Indeed. This is Take the Black Reactor. We talked about the latest Game of Thrones episode. Okay, that was very intense. It was better than last week. I, okay, yeah, okay. I'm, Off I'm, the I'm bat, not, I'm not come out right. It. Yes, I agree with you. I liked that better than last week. And last week, you know, the fandoms been very interesting lately. Um, they were... I mean, most people love last week in the audience, well, right? Yeah. But the fandom were actually very harsh on it. And they were very harsh on this upcoming one. This felt more like Game of Thrones to me. This felt more like a... Yeah, like original Game of Thrones episode with the scheming and the talking and the politicking. And there were two bits. There's just a lot to dig into here, more than I think there was last week. I really liked the episode, by the way. No, yeah. I really it, did enjoy it a lot. It was definitely it was a throwback to, like you said, like what this show has been in the past. It's also, which <laughs> which version of the show is this? Because I know there's been some controversy about whether Benioff and Weiss are, for lack of a better term, embarrassed of the fantasy elements of this show, which is kind of... I've seen that conspiracy theory out there. That's why the White Walkers yeah. were taken out, like, March Madness style, way earlier than we thought that they were going to go out. And now we... Because then with the fantastical elements out of the way, this undead army, we can get back to what the show is... Arguably, what it is at its best—that's a—it's a political drama that happens to be set in this fantastic uh, Westerosian place. There's always been that tension in the show of what exactly it is, yeah. and I thought it made—I thought it was a great move, mm-hmm. honestly, to kill the Night King that early and get back to this. Well, because it defined like what the show's going to be. Yeah, it defined. It said this is the lane that the show is going to be down the stretch. It's not going to be one thing or the other. We're not going to be confused. It very much picked the lane. And I don't disagree. It's, it's fascinating because I was taken back to season one. And more recently, I mean, we just read this in the books yeah. for A Song of Dan and Josh. When Ned gets beheaded, mm-hmm. it very much had that same feeling with Missandei. 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 I'm going to say Missandei. Everybody out there, pronounce the name Missandei, well, I think. We've, we've run out of time to ask her how it's pronounced because she's... She's around? She's Jeez. lost her head. Um, I'm sure she has an interview up right now. But it here. reminded me of when Ned got his head cut off. Mm-hmm. It was this helpless, we're just watching from a distance, literally from a distance, of this thing that's... And Cersei's standing above everybody and looking down <laughs> at everybody, and she has unlimited power I think they moment. were definitely referencing that. Oh, yeah. I got a real Eisenstein feel from it. Uh-huh. I don't know. Just It was very dramatic. Just the mm-hmm. faces, cut to the faces. I was like having mm-hmm. heart in my chest. Okay. What I like this episode a lot and what I've already seen in the comments mm-hmm. is the kind of questions it raises about what is the right thing to do, which last week, the right thing yeah. is to kill the zombie god, obviously. Well, yeah. But this week, I mean, I, I have people saying that I don't like Sansa or Sansa made the right choice. I have people saying, I hope Danny burns everybody versus Danny's gone mad. And I think the episode did a good job of kind of finding that gray area. Mm-hmm. And there were so many scenes of Tyrion and Varys talking about like, should we serve Daenerys like this? Is she going to do the right thing? Should we go behind someone's back? There was, there was that scene with Sansa and Tyrion where you can see she wants to tell him, wants to say this thing about, uh, you know, John's secret, but yeah. she almost doesn't. But then she just can't help it because Tyrion has to say that. Just Tyrion just had to say he's not a Stark. And of course, he means he's a Snow, but she means like, Tyrion's not a Stark. You don't know how right you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there were lots of moments like that where I was wondering myself, like, okay, who's right here? And I think that was what we should talk about, A, and yeah. the strength of the episode. Well, that's the quantity. That's what, we're, that's what we have to deal with here, which well, is okay. why I don't disagree with you that 
taking the Night King and the White Walkers out mm. of the equation when they did was the right move because now we can solely focus on what is one of the most interesting aspects of the show, which is the interplay between these characters and the right and the wrong, which is not a new concept. Like, we've been doing this. You go back to Stannis and his daughter oh like and burning her at the stake. Yeah. Like, what is the right and wrong thing to do? And how often do these characters make the right call? Like, Danny's trying to make the right call. It's whether or not she's already been driven into madness from losing her dragon, two of them at this point. Yeah. She's down losing to one. Jorah. Losing Jorah. I mean, she's definitely going to light things up next episode with, with, the, with Masande. But we've In already that cool, established cool that Cersei is literally using the people of King's Landing as a human shield. She's worse. I mean, what I loved about um, uh, kind of Cersei's whole arc here is, okay, so by the way, we're, we're like not talking details. I know we're, 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 we're going wide. Just what's, what's oh, happening. Yeah. Um, what I loved about Cersei's whole kind of play in this season was that, you know, she didn't go up north to fight with everybody. Mm -hmm. And there were criticisms, like, last week after the, after the Long Night episode about, I thought the whole point of this show was that, um, you know, if you ignore this existential threat, then you're all going to go, and, and you have to come together to fight it. And she didn't, and it ended up being kind of the right choice in mm -hmm. a weird way, because now she's actually in a pl place where she can actually win this, maybe. Probably not, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. And I think that message, I think we had it wrong the whole time. Now we're seeing, okay, no, it was never about that. It's about, yeah, you should get together. You should fight for the good of humanity. But not, not, not everyone's going to do that. People are going to deny climate change until mm -hmm. we're all dead. Yeah. And in this case, it's not exactly a one-to-one -one comparison, but in this case, because, you know... Yeah, no, I know what you mean. If, if, if climate change had a king climate change, you could stab him in the back and he'd die. That'd be great. But um, I think it's very interesting that they're saying, yes, it's you should come together, you should do the right thing, but you cannot count on everybody in the world to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to account for that. And that's where John's dilemma is, where he's trying so hard to do the right thing, he tells his family about his secret, even though Daenerys begs him not to and says it's going to tear us apart, which it very well might, mm -hmm. which is another thing we should discuss. Like, John's moral dilemma, Danny's moral dilemma, it was just a really rich episode that raises a ton of questions that just, I think they're, they're, they're are good to talk about, inspired discussion, which I think is yeah. what a good TV should do. <laughs> well, again, to reference the book that we just read, the first Game of Thrones, and it yes. happened on the show too, there's a mirror mm -hmm. of what Ned did and what John is doing, where it's Ned's flaw totally. was, I'm playing this by the book. I'm going to do the right thing at every single turn, yes. no matter if the right thing happens to be the wrong thing in the long run, mm -hmm. which is ultimately why he gets killed. Yeah. John's kind of doing the same thing, which is hilarious because he's not, you know, a Stark the way that... Nurture over nature. Yeah, so... Hashtag. He's, I feel like he's, he's running down the same path where he's like, I have to make the right decision. I need to at all costs when it turns out that those costs might end up being greater than he anticipated. Because now he's driven a wedge between Danny and his siblings. I mean, further. I mean, they're already kind of at odds. But now now they actually have, like, they can move on something. Yeah. There's that bit where Sansa was talking to Tyrion. Again, I, th I thought it was a really good scene where she's like, um, our command of my family don't do well in the capital. Mm -hmm. and, I'm th and I'm thinking, oh, God, she's right. <laughs> yep. Like, John. Danny warned John, don't tell people about the secret because mm -hmm. then it's going to cause friction and trouble and people are going to be put against each other. And like, she's right and she's wrong. 
But then when Sansa likes it, and, and but then he did it anyway. Yeah. And then Sansa said they don't do well. Like, oh, he so wouldn't. He would tell everybody everything. He would mm-hmm. do exactly what Ned did. He would probably die. Yeah. Like I, I got where she was coming from, and even though she did blab to Tyrion, like I, I kind of got it. Like I like. I like how that scene was written where they were yeah. kind of underlining, like, why do you hate her Daenerys so much? Like we can get along. And they also brought up a bunch in this episode, how Sansa has been, you know, changed by Ramsey, by mm-hmm. um, little thing about all the horrors she went through that it, my kind of thing with Sansa is always that she's at this point, it's all about security and control because mm-hmm. she's been out of control for so long. It's like, I'm not going to be like that ever, ever again. Yeah. So it makes sense that she wouldn't want to bow to somebody. And it made sense that she would have the insight to see, oh, John is not going to do well down there because dad did horribly down there. Yeah. Rob did horribly when he went south. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I got it. I don't approve of it, but I got it. And that's the kind of thing I like the most where if a character can do that kind of action where it's, it's I don't necessarily sympathize, but I understand. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good writing choice. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she's not. The Starks don't do well down south. Okay, let me ask you this. So Daenerys Targaryen, is she, should she burn King's Landing down? Or should she listen to Tyrion and Varys and starve them out until the people turn on Cersei? My thing with Danny is, and it kind of mentioned this just now, is the contrast between her and Jon. Where she, Jon is doing the right thing, the moral thing that he thinks, at least, he's trying to. Yeah. Even though it sometimes is becoming the wrong thing just like ned did we're giving up the whole secret the jrl whatever the equation is r plus l equals j yeah yeah given you know what ned kept his mouth shut for all those years he He didn't say anything he did but but he didn't do the right things or he did the right things to too great of a degree when he was still alive and john's doing the same thing where danny saying don't tell anybody could very accurately be received as the wrong thing like she's just it's a power grab she's saying no let's smother the secret because it benefits me it when it ultimately could be the right thing because if he keeps yeah, that secret yeah. so that's the whole thing where john might be too moral mm-hmm. and danny doing the wrong thing for the right reasons is making her come off as like she's going to become the mad queen because when you add all of that together the loss that she suffered the fact that she doesn't want this secret to get out and now it has or the fact that she just didn't want it to get out in the first place could all be interpreted as her trying to control the narrative when she may just end up she may just want to be doing I mean, the right thing like which is and it not could be the both thing yeah like she came trying to control the narrative and she came trying to prevent country tearing apart discord well there's also a good scene too because there's a crisis of like identity for her too and like gender politics come into all of this too because there's the scene it was early on when everybody's drinking and everybody's you know giving kudos to john for being Mm -hmm. such a good soldier and fighting and he's and specifically sloshing his beer around yes good comedy by the way in like the first half of the episode i I giggled a bunch with the hound and yeah but it's specifically when it's mentioned that john rides a dragon yes it's like that's danny's thing uh-huh like this is not a new concept to danny and she, this is her the essence of her character is she's you know the mother of dragons but the fact that she's done everything that she's done and now things are starting to fall apart for her she's starting to have this crisis of conscience, this crisis of identity and the fact that that is just blatantly pointed out it's like john's the king that's a real mm-hmm. king because he can ride dragons and it's like dude that's Danny. Like she's the much. Those they're her dragons. They did but toast her. They I mean, did, earlier. but like there's that whole thing there where it's the, the wedge is being driven in. There's how is she yeah. going to react? I'm fascinated by Danny. I think she, that she is, 
she really commanded the episode as far as who was the most important character and who is the driving force behind everything that's going to happen. And John has almost been relegated to like the back burner. Yeah, where he's I agree. there, he's important, but we didn't really focus on him that much. And more so, the Starks as a family and their importance here because last week we people had a problem with the Night King getting killed a little too early and mm-hmm. I kind of had a little bit of a problem with it too because it felt I like was cool with it. it was a bait and switch <laughs> where it was this whole misdirection this whole entire show has been about the White Walkers up from the very first scene of the series mm-hmm. to the end three episodes before the actual end I think a similar thing could happen with the Starks because this is a story about the Starks it's a story about the Iron Throne and everything but what has been the thing that we always return to? What has been main characters, main locations? Anchor, it's going to the wall with John. It's being north with and following Sansa and all that. Like all these other characters are important, but I think maybe another switch in there where mm-hmm. the White Walkers aren't as important as we thought they were. Maybe something happens here where we're all focused on Danny and how Danny is important and the most important character. And it's you know we kind of forgot about the Starks. I mean, the, the show, this episode was called The Last of the Starks. The Starks mm-hmm. have a huge part to play. I mean, it's, it's not... I, I, yeah, the Starks are kind of our anchor, but Daenerys, Daenerys was always important. Oh, yeah. Tyrion was always important. Um, Cersei was... Jaime were always important. Mm-hmm. We should talk about them, we too. We should talk about Jaime. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Yep. Okay, so I, I like the bit where... It's respecting John and kind of where he fits into this and how he wouldn't do mm-hmm. well down south. I like the bit... Where Tormund's going back north, apparently, because he struck out with the tall woman. He's not. He's. Yeah, he it's did. not going to happen. That's for heartbreaking. Him. <laughs> they spent and a lot dr- of time focusing on his reaction, didn't they? <laughs> like they kept going trying back to, to him. Drunkenly trying to get into the fields with uh, with the hound. That was great. That was, <laughs> that was great. Really good. It's like of all the people in Westeros to go to with your feelings, the, the bottom of the list is the hound. If, if this is the last time we see Tormund, and I think it might be. As a pretty good way to go out. I thought he kind of dominated the first part of the episode with, yeah. with the. I loved his sloshing the ale around. It kept on spilling out <laughs> all over the place. Like, you, you don't care because you've even gotten there yet in the books, but I, I never thought they quite did Tormund right from the books. He's. No. He's a little more. He, like, the, the way the guy plays him, he's a bit more serious. Gosh. This was good, though. This was, this was book Tormund. This was book sloshing Tormund. around, yelling, grabbing John by, like, the noogie big mm. brother thing or whatever. Just this, this was. This is a really good Tormund episode. But yeah, he, so he's going back north, mm-hmm. and he says to John, like, you belong in the north, the real north. That's where, that's, that's where you're best. And I'm like, maybe. Like, perhaps that is the best place for John, where it's simple, and there's just a big old yard you got to roam around. Are you sending him to, like, the farm upstate? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, the, the, the farm where all the wildlings go in the back. Because I, I think that that's where Starks, who aren't named Sansa, are most comfortable. Yeah. That's where Ned was, where it's just... You know, it's things are simpler in the north. The people are more loyal, kind of xenophobic, but like more loyal and just, just you know, hardy, salt of the earth stock. Yeah. And that's why, again, why I got why Sansa, even though I, even though I, it's not a great decision, I, I got why she would blab the secret and leak the secret to Tyrion. Which, by the way, I always thought she'd be the one to leak. No, I thought Sam would leak it to Sansa and she would leak it to everybody else. Mm. But you know, more or less. Do you think the last time we see Sam and Gilly? By the way, that kind of felt like a goodbye. It did kind of feel like a goodbye. I don't know. I wouldn't be upset if they made it out alive. Yeah, they deserve something nice. Oh, Sam and Gilly have a nice little baby. Because Grey Worm and are not making it out alive. Oh. They are not taking that beach vacation they talked about. No, that it's, is not happening. It's kind of funny because like, we all expected them to die last week during the giant battle. Like you kill the black mm-hmm. people first, right? Yeah. And then, um, nope, <laughs> they survived. But then one of them died uh, here. I wish they'd given Masande more lines. Uh, but her last one was pretty good. It was. I mean, there was a lot of facial acting too. Like there was, there was a lot of, of facial emotion. acting. Although Cer- Cersei's the eyebrows line on this show, people, Cersei's line to her was 
pretty cold-blooded breaker of chains line oh, so, so much, much for the breaker, breaker of chains, chains. That's, yeah. that's, any last words that was cold-blooded so cersei obviously we don't really have sympathy with her at all and i'm fine with that um they've always kind of came back to this line you love your children more than anything that's what redeems you but she still went ahead and cut off Asande's head. Mm-hmm. So does she either A, not love her children that much, or B, is not really pregnant? Um, I think that she's drunk on power. I that's, think okay, that that's point. ultimately Option been C. her character. Like She could be pregnant, and she could be thinking about her children, but I don't think that she would forfeit the power over anything. She's time and time sure. again established yeah. that there is nothing more important than that. And it really, her, her children have only been pawns for her to flex power. Like, when her children have been killed or they jump out of a window, uh, that's usually met with a reaction by Cersei having to overcorrect this tragedy that has just happened where it's like, we feel bad for her. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. man, you're, you know. Yeah, your, well, your I, kid I, just, I guess we shouldn't mistake um, her being upset over her children's deaths as... An indication that Cersei is actually like a good person at heart. No, I thought Tyrion was stretching like you're, you're not a monster. I'm like really, are yeah, you she, not? She is, <laughs> and that so and like up to, like Tyrion's trying to convince her and use her child literally as a pawn in this mm-hmm. negotiation that they're having. This game, and she doesn't care. Like that was finality to me. That was like she just does not care about anything <sighs> but power, up to and including her children. And Jamie's going to be in for a rude awakening when he gets back because that's although it does seem okay. like he's going down there to tie up jamie. some loose ends okay so so many emotions this episode <laughs> jamie and brienne yes. get together what do you guys think of that do you enjoy the jamie and brienne sex scene he was kind of a mean drunk frankly um you know talking about like torment grow on you was it established before this that she was a virgin because that, they, no, they hammered I mean, the crap that's... out of that in like a 15-second span. Yeah, She's like, I'm a virgin. I, I, yeah, She's a virgin. I, I, I've never I, done I, this before. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Yeah, I, I, I got I'm it. Like, like, it makes perfect bit. sense. Like In the books, it gets a little more into it. You know, Brian's whole story is she's completely out of step with what a Westerosi woman is supposed to be like. And she knows she has like emotional walls built sky high. So she does not let many people. It makes perfect sense she would be a virgin. But the way they harp, I didn't like the way they harp on it all that much. But it is great to see. I did like the passion. I did oh, like yeah. uh, it. Was it, it was a moment? It was great to see her smiling. That was fun. That was nice. <laughs> I do like Brienne. She's been a fan favorite. I would not have to argue hard for that. No, you kidding? Statement. And yeah, it was an in, it was a fun moment to see happen. I don't know necessarily what it's going to mean. It felt like fan service more than anything else. I do. I disagree. Sir. No. What what purpose is this going to serve other than to have? A, perhaps a goodbye from Brienne. No. I and B, like, what, it's, we're already emotionally invested in both of these characters. We yeah. don't need them to have sex and for them to kind of fall in love here to have Jamie going south to ultimately meet his death, which is what's going to happen. Probably. We don't need any more emotional investment in that. We're already there. We don't need it. They need to have sex. They're in love. They've been in love for a while. Well, yeah. And they haven't had sex. See, like, well, they never had the chance. God, they've always been so busy. <laughs> like, and it, it did, I, I, I did like that, you know, it's the night after we won, we saved humanity. Of course, everybody's going to get down. That's true. Like, that's just, you're, you're, what are you going to do? You, you feel alive, damn it. Um, fa- like, fan services is a word or a phrase that I think needs a good definition and a good, like, exploration of what exactly it is. Because... 
to me, like two characters following through on feelings that we've seen for a long time is not fan service. That's just where the characters would go next. I think it made perfect sense for them to hook up. Maybe I would have liked him to be a little less of a dick about it and drunk about it, but it, it did make sense. Um, it's, it was the leaving that was really tearing up my heart, and I think a lot of people's hearts. So what are we doing into that? So Jamie is going back to King's Landing to what? To kill Cersei. I believe to that... To kill her or save her? That's what I... Well, I got the indication, or the way I interpreted it was he's going back to tie up the loose end, and that wouldn't be killing the Mad Queen the same way that he killed the Mad King. Well, yeah, but why would he... I, I mean, don't know if his intentions at the moment are to kill her, but mm-hmm. I think that that's ultimately where this is going to go. I mean, he only left after... Okay, sure, I can see that. Because, he, he, I mean, he stayed at Winterfell. He was going to stay with Brienne mm-hmm. when he thought Daenerys was going to go down there and do the plan where they starve Cersei out and let her leave. Mm-hmm. He only left when they found out, oh, she killed one of the dragons and took Masande captive. And then he's like... And then, and then Sansa, and Sansa said in a quite kind of bitchy moment, oh, like, good. I, I wanted to see your sister uh, get executed. Guess I won't be there. Bye. And then <laughs> walked off. Like, he only left when he feared for Cersei's life. I don't see why he would go down there intending to kill her. Unless he wants to, like, do it first and, like, save Daenerys the execution. But that's, I can't see that happening. I don't know. I, I think he's going down, I think, personally. And then you can speak, I promise. Um, I, I think he's going down there out of just, you know, that, that they were together literally all their lives, like separated by a couple of moments, by a couple mm. of minutes, because they're twins and it's freaky. Um, he, she has always had a ridiculous hold on him. And you don't, even though he left her to go defend humanity from its existential obliteration, it doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean you just can turn off a relationship you've had with somebody that's that close and again, they came out the womb together, like that close to the very beginning of your life. You, you just can't walk away from it. So I, I thought he was trying to talk himself into leaving Brienne by saying all those horrible things he's done. Oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty hard. That was hard. I mean, Pushing, Brienne crying yeah. is the worst because she, she's so vulnerable. Yeah, well, I mean, just like he, Jamie is, I'm, not, I'm unsure how to feel about Jamie. On the one hand, I do think that there's a redemption arc here that maybe has already been completed. On the other hand, it's like, well, he's gonna. What if he gets down to King's Landing? And he sees what Cersei has become. Not that he's like terribly I mean, surprised yeah. by it, but like it's. <laughs> I, I, I get the whole like I can't quit you angle to this with mm-hmm. Cersei and Jaime, like. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's one thing not being able to quit somebody. It's another th- which he can't, he did quit her. He can. He's it, going it, right it's, back. It's, but it's another thing. But it's the difference between he quit her and I have to stay here when she dies. Like, you know, you, 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 you can realize someone is toxic for you and leave, but still, like, be too a- a- attached enough, unhealthily, to not want them to get killed. Like, I think that makes sense. Because, again, he only goes, he, he was going to stay. He was fine when he was going to go down there and just oust her. Mm-hmm. He only went down there when they were like, oh, yeah, she killed a dragon. She is so dead. <laughs> yes. Things escalated rather quickly. Uh, Which, by the way, I, I do think they could have spent a little more time with that. Like, it turned pretty quick, right? With Rhaegal? With Rhaegal dying, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah? Go ahead. Because it was just very... 
Well, the whole thing goes back to Danny and kind of the deconstruction of her power and her confidence, which has been kind of what the last handful of episodes have been about. This challenging of she lit, she rides in on all of this confidence from mm-hmm. Marine, and it's like she's the savior, she's the dragon queen, and everybody's going to fight for her. And now things, she's just everything's being stripped from her. Her power, yes, her confidence, that is, her it's dragons, rough for Danny. I feel everything. For Danny. And here is kind of like, we've talked about this time and time again, and people have debated the hero shots of Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny and the hero shot. And this was a hero shot of her flying into King's Landing, and it ended like that because Euron had the upper hand and <laughs> down a dragon, and it all happens within like a 15-second period of time. And it's just, this is where Danny's at. She, for all of these seasons, has been this untouchable character. She walks mm-hmm. through fire. She is insane. She is invincible. She is one of the most powerful. She's as powerful as her dragons. And now, over the course of these last couple of episodes, she's just been pummeled. She loses everything at every single turn. Yeah, Even when we have it a opens stereotypical... with her with Jorah kissing him on the forehead and whispering something in his ear, which I think the meme people will get uh, oh, a yeah. field day with. That's a meme right there. Yeah. But, like, she's... We have a, even the stereotypical hero shot that we've seen so many different times in this show. It ends violently and it ends not in her favor. <laughs> Nothing's coming up Danny right now. <laughs> they literally cut out the, the dramatic music of like <laughs> the, 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 the Daenerys theme, the soaring yeah. Daenerys theme. Like, with, I mean, what I didn't love about it is that just folks complain about kind of the, the, the military tactics angle of the show. Yeah. And I, I think th- this episode kind of proves why that's just not the good part to focus on, but because the best parts of the episode were the talking, were the relationships, were the yeah. development, were the moral questions that we keep on talking about. But yes, it was a little silly that <laughs> nobody saw a bunch of boats full of <laughs> ballistas or whatever that can aim perfectly at Rhaegal. Yeah. Like, okay, that is a little silly. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's the wrong place to focus because there's so there's so much good stuff in here that I think... Uh, warrants discussion yeah rather than like well they shouldn't have been able to hit the dragon well i liked that though so i mean it's open to discussion but i mean i didn't have a massive problem i am i am getting ahead of the reactionaries on reddit i i know that's gonna oh i know i trust me i'm with you like i know that's coming but (laughs) But if you're not gonna complain about that they'll complain about something else and there are complaints but like Put off Rocky rushing last episode. I thought it was a bigger problem last episode because it was last episode was all just a battle. Mm-hmm. It was all just tactics. So some of that stuff was a little weird. Like last episode, like nobody thought that the dead might get up in the crypts. Like it's full of dead people. You're you're the only guy who can raise the dead. Really, nobody thought of that. How many people wrote about that in the week leading up to it? Oh, everybody, because because they kept saying that like the crypts are safe. They're going to be safe. They're super safe. Like we all knew they weren't going to be safe. That's just TV 101. But anyway, like, those lapses, yeah, I mean, they're there, but you liked it even so, and I just think it's it's the wrong thing to focus on when there's so much good stuff to get into. Yeah. This was a vintage Game of Thrones episode. This is a I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay. And, and as much as we could talk about, by the way, it was a jam-packed episode. Mm-hmm. The funeral scene was good. Um, the opening one, very long and slow and, uh, yeah, atmospheric, and I like John's speech, which is clearly like a, a tease for this episode, right? Because his whole speech was about... Um, they came together. They died together. We can mm-hmm. stay together. And I, I knew right there, like, oh, you're foreshadowing, aren't you? They're not going to stay together at all, <laughs> are they? So that was nice. How about, um, I enjoyed the whole feast. I liked the whole feast. Well, I, I, that was great. Yeah. I, I, again, we had to talk about the Hound. Torment was all great. I liked Sansa's little moment with the Hound. That was nice, too. How about uh, Gendry proposing to Arya? Yes, let's talk about that. 
And Arya just saying, hip checking him into the friend zone. <laughs> that was, oh, that God, was insane. So, so yeah, Arya. That was amazing because Gendry proposes and she gets down and she kisses him. Gendry's made like a lord, a really powerful one by Danny. And Gendry's just like, oh my God, this is happening. And it's just like he's in Keep for just the most going. soul-crushing rejection that he's ever had. He's like, she's like, you're gonna make a good lord, but and any any woman or, or whatever she says would be happy to be with you. And I was like, oh, Kendry, Kendry, no, Kendry. <laughs> Did you not think that she was gonna say yes? No, I had, I had no inclination that she was gonna. say I mean, yes. I guess the whole that's because she's not wrong. She's like, that's not my character. She didn't say that in so many words, sure. but she's like, this is not me. And I would be betraying myself and everything that I stand for and everything I, I've made myself become if I just do this. And it would be very cheap. And that would have been what Reddit complains about, rightfully so, if after that, all of this, I don't know about that. Arya gives it all up and she's like, all right, fine, let's go get married. And well, okay, so we have a writer named Sarah Weymouth, who is mm-hmm. a giant Arya stan, which mm-hmm. I, is what the kids call um, like super oh, yeah. fans, I think. Um, and her whole thing is she wants Arya to kind of let go of her vengeance which has kind of driven her for so long, and to find happiness again in her family and find like a normal existence, mm-hmm. sort of. I, I, I think that's kind of... It's very similar to Jamie's problem. Yeah. Where he's progressed, he's grown away from Cersei, he is getting better, but, he, but she still has this pull on him because just you can't just erase psychology like that. Arya has spent eight seasons... Stabbing people's eyes out, poison rooms full of people, mm-hmm. um, stabbing people on the trail with the hound, just a lot of killing. And um, her struggle is, can she let go of that and just embrace some kind of normalcy? And we saw that no. she has had nice moments. Like, she she and John reunited. That was nice. Having sex with Gendry was a very human moment for her, very humanizing. But apparently she's not done with her vengeance yet. No, and that's the tragedy of her character. Like, all of these characters, their greatest flaws are coming out right now. And, like... That would have been, that's the moment that, like you said, Jamie had, where it's like, I could stay here. I don't have to go back. This is my out. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go back to this life. And that was Arya's. It was a little more subtle and unexpected because we knew that Jamie and and Brienne were going to do what they did and that there was going to be an opportunity for him to ride off into the sunset, for lack of a better term. And Arya was presented with that too Mm -hmm. and didn't take it. And John was presented with an opportunity to do the right thing, didn't take it. Well, no, I mean... What was the well, the, prop, the question there is what was the right exactly? Thing? Well, I mean, the right thing in this being keeping the, the secret a secret, yeah, like his father before him. Should have pointed that out. Exactly. Your father kept the secret, can't you do it? Just be like your dad, you like your dad so much, be like him. That would have been good, and then he would have been like, He wasn't my dad. It's like, there you go. <laughs> oh, now he's not your dad. The secret, and then it's this whole thing, and then it's, a, it's actually a comedy episode. Stuff Bill it. Hader comes out, it's actually a Barry crossover. You watched the episode last week by Barry, that was pretty great. It was, it was wonderful. Um. See what else? Uh, we had Arya and the Hound riding off together on the road trip. That was I, nice. I, I, that was a nice little callback. I don't think they're going to like have scenes. No. Interstitially, like they used to, but that was a fun little callback. And I do like the Hound kind of sticking up for Arya. Gendry comes over, and totally. he's like, "Watch yourself." Yeah, that was like, you break her heart, I'll kill you. Like that was that kind of <laughs> that was that kind of moment, and I kind of liked that. The Hound and Tormund were um, extremely on <laughs> yes. tonight, <laughs> together and apart. They yeah. were both rocking it all over the place. How about uh, the scene with Bronn, uh, Jamie, and Tyrion? I called that to a certain degree when we talked about it, I don't know how many weeks ago, that 
We, because you said that Braun, there's no chance in hell that Braun doesn't always follow the money, which he's not necessarily not doing right now, but he, he did, totally is. He did present Jamie and Tyrion with an opportunity to basically counter and match Cersei's offer. Which they did. I mean, they, they upped it. So this idea that, I mean, he is following the money, but this idea that it was going to be, he was just unabashedly supporting Cersei because she gave him an offer didn't happen, which again benefited Tyrion and Jamie because Braun is so blinded by riches I mean, that he was able to be ma- manipulated. I don't think it's manipulated. I think Braun, I mean, Braun, again, Braun's been extremely consistent. Braun is all about the money. And I, I like his line about, um, I knew your sister was dead the second I saw those dragons, <laughs> which is just probably true. I, I don't think she's going to come out of this alive. I mean, I, I, will, no. gi- I will give credit to the show for making me doubt myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if they kill the Night King this soon, I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't have that. The, the Night King moment didn't do that for me where I was like, cause it's, it didn't have the same effect that I think they intended it to have with the mm-hmm. Red Wedding effect where you're like, oh my God, anybody could go. Anything could happen. This is a... Uh, it was more this week, frankly, with Masande being killed. and uh, Yeah, well... It wasn't there. I'm not saying it's like Red Wedding level, but... No, but I'm, I think we're past the point where... Maybe it's because we only have two episodes left and it's already basically implied that anything goes at this point. It's not, it wasn't like a red wedding thing with the no. White Walkers where I was like, well, this might, this might mean Cersei lives. Like, that's always kind of been a possibility. It, it always has. And I mean, I, if there were any other show, I'd say she's, I, I'm pretty sure she's going to die. Oh, but yeah. I mean, there's, they, they like subverting expectations. They have several times this season already, and it's possible. I doubt it. Can you imagine if this show ends with Cersei winning? I kind of love it. Just awesome. for the audacity of it and the sheer brass balls of it, it would be that fun. That would be pretty cool. Okay. Uh, we have lots of comments. I've been letting them uh, sail by, but I love you guys <laughs> for um, saying all this stuff. Uh, Bronze sits on the Iron Throne, thinks Pamela. Yeah, why not? That could happen. Uh, he strips it for parts and sells them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Swords. Um, okay, here, uh, we can talk about this really quickly. Yanni says, uh, smell treason from Varys. Maybe Tyrion will be on board. Someone to think with a cold head. Will Tyrion, will Varys and maybe Tyrion try to push Jon for the throne now that it looks like Danny is going to probably burn King's Landing or the Red Keep pretty bad? I, I think so. I mean, they actively discussed that. Like, they did like twice and very they were kind scenes. of half in half out or Tyrion's mm-hmm. like of course i've thought about it he's like thoughts aren't treason i'm like mm. i mean, I mean in china maybe we're uh <laughs> skirting up against it there Tyrion. <laughs> like, if you're thinking about treason it's kind of a little bit treasonous but i think they have a various and Tyrion have always had a contingency plan no matter what it is mm-hmm. this is not any different it just happens to be the highest stakes that they've ever dealt with so, yeah, I think that they would move to back John if Danny... If they really think Danny is well, a then, danger to the well, people. The, yeah, because the it would be very easy Westeros. for Cersei to move into, oh, Danny's the Mad Queen type of thing. Or the, even to have the West, people of Westeros get that interpretation from her actions. I mean, and if she torches thousands of innocents in the Red Keep, they'll probably get that. They won't, like, they won't be wrong. You're like, yeah, history has repeated itself. Oh, God. It's a... Uh, Two a episodes thorny, left. thorny bramble. It is. I love it. I do too. And I don't know. I, I just struggle because I don't think Tyrion or 
Varys makes it out, make it out alive. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe not. Okay. Any other thoughts on this episode, uh, Josh? I'm trying to think of anything that we missed. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, mean drunk. It was a packed episode. It really was. That strat- like Danny first did agree to the plan to starve Cersei out, but mm-hmm. she only changed it. I mean, she hasn't changed it technically yet. I think she's going to. Well, um, uh, well yeah, I think. Well, that was what I was saying. Like the, the, compounding the pain that Danny has had to endure over the course of the last mm-hmm. couple of episodes, it's gonna take its toll. It's gonna rear its ugly head. That's about all. We got pretty much everything. I mean, there was Tyrion and Kybern. That was a pretty funny moment where they're talking and Tyrion's like, just whatever with you. He just walks <laughs> yeah. on past. That was good. Although, I mean, I, I don't know how Cersei was hearing him from down there. I also like that all those archers were like aiming at him. I thought he was going to have like a one-liner like, oh yeah, I'm real dangerous. A dwarf who's like, doesn't have any weapons. Sure, that go ahead and great. fire everything. He just goes through that whole speech and just there's this muffled, we're like POV with Tyrion and gets through this whole speech <laughs> and then it cuts to that and Cersei's just like, what? I liked uh, Sansa putting the Stark pendant in Theon's, mm. uh, yeah. I don't know, whatever he was wearing to burn in. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're a Stark Theon. Good for you. That was nice. And uh, Gendry is now Lord of Storm's End. That's nice. That's about everything. Yeah, Sansa and the Hound. Gendry gets dumped. A jam-packed episode that I really enjoyed. Ready for the next one. Next two. Two right. left. Yep, you only have two, two left. We only have two episodes left, Selkie. After all this right time. Track. After all this time, it's been a long time. <laughs> and we'll be here talking about them every Sunday immediately after the episode. Two mm-hmm. more. Hope you'll join us. We'll also preview the next episode and just talk about Game of Thrones more generally on our weekly show, Take the Black Live, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. CST on our Facebook page. And if you want even more deep dive Game of Thrones content, Song for Fire, Fantasy Fiction, me and Cheryl talk about other topics, uh, consider joining the Wit Club, which is a Patreon only effort. Where we give you exclusive articles, videos, t-shirts, stickers, all kinds of goodies. It's great. It's great. Okay. Thanks a lot for watching, you guys. Thanks, Josh, for being here. And we'll see you on Wednesday. And if not, then next week. Adios. Adios.